right. So thanks for coming on, Brian. For people who don't know who you are, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and the center that you're working with. My name is Brian Sonier, the owner of Paradise Island Bowl. Awesome. So we talked a little bit previously, but tell me a little bit about how some of the history of Island Bowl, as well as some of the history of how your family got involved in the bowling, because I know it goes back pretty far. My grandfather actually built the center when it was called Corpin Lanes uh -huh. back around 1960. And we serviced and sanded and refinished the lanes for years there okay. afterwards. And anytime he bought the capital equipment, we'd always did the work there. And uh, 2001, I had an opportunity to buy the bowling center because he wanted to retire. Mm -hmm. And he came to me because I had access to equipment because of all American bowling equipment. Mm -hmm. And so it was a 16 lane bowling center where the kitchen was probably five by eight or six by eight in the bar area and just a small little bar. In 2005, we added on, added 16 lanes on, added on party rooms, sales office, outside terrace, kitchen. And then 2006, we added on volleyball court. And going back backwards, 2002, we did an outside beach on the Ohio River. Oh, yeah. We also have 400 feet of boat docks on the river. And that's what kind of the history. That's where we're at. Awesome. Yeah. I guess you had a, even more, even recently, you had a bunch of renovations too. You were saying, right? 2019 or so? In um, September, Doring, we replaced 16 lanes of pin setters of A2s with XLI edge machines right before the league season was allowed us to open up with curtains. And this last year in June on the other eight lanes, we put edge string machines in. Oh, very cool. Yeah. How do you like those so far? It seems to be where things are moving towards these days. I would have definitely go 16 lanes on the other side with string for sure. Really? But in yeah. And just because of the maintenance or the mechanics, or what do you think is some of the bigger draws? Eliminate a pin chaser for that side because of split center. Yeah. Maintenance is a huge thing. Plus I can also go on the app and I can see what's due on maintenance wise with how many mm. frames were bold on the string machines. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, it, and then I can go on there and my guys can sit there and log on and they get to call to their phone and they go over, tells them how to do it, tells mm -hmm. them what tools they need. And if they can't read English, then they can watch a video. <laughs> Sounds easy enough. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. So you're saying if you could go back, you'd do the whole 16 at once. Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's a, quite an endorsement. So that's a little bit about your center. I know uh, a lot of your background goes back even further with the All-American Bowling. Would you mind sharing a little bit of that history as well? Because like I said, you're pretty heavily involved in the space. My great-grandfather came over from France in 1892. And basically, we don't know if that was the beginning of his career or not. We don't mm -hmm. believe that there was history before that over in France but we have nothing to back ground on it. So today I, my kids are taking it over and they're going to, they're the fifth generation. Wow. Wow. That's the highest I've heard so far. I've heard a lot of threes. Yeah. But a lot I, of, <laughs> yeah. Yep. but I have yet to hear a five. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I don't know of anybody else. Right. Yeah. So you you live and breathe bowling. Yep. I'd like to hear a little bit too. You were saying you got a lot of maybe not influence is the right word, but at least consultation from Craig at the main event. Tell me a little bit about how you've positioned your new center from like a traditional bowling house with leagues and everything more to the FEC style and what you're doing today. You know, how, so how the business model's changed. The general, so Neil Hoffmar that started main events, did a lot of work for him back when he owned this, owned it up until he sold to the Australians. Mm-hmm. And then he moved on into part of Synergy out there based out of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting here and we built a couple centers, three centers for Synergy. And we were sitting at the bar one night for grand opening and asked him if he'd come look at my center and see what his thoughts were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Neil came to Pittsburgh, spent the week here with my daughter and I. We traveled around to a lot of different bowling centers. And basically, first thing he walked into the bowling center and says, I don't, you serve food and beverage. And I said, yeah, it's right there. The bar's right there. How do I know that if I walk in here, I don't see it. And basically, he's the one that talked me into taking out eight lanes and he invited me down to, to his place called Corky's down in Dallas. So we went down there, my daughter and I, and we spent a week down there with Neil traveling around, looking at his place, which was axe throwing and right. games and escape rooms. And basically we drove around uh, to all these different axe throwing places and looking at that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically Neil helped me with, with a business model to to go ahead and get rid of the eight lanes and put the axe throwing in and move the bar out there and throw in virtual Hollowgate. And we're basically capturing the age group that they eat and drink. Right. Yeah. You're saying uh, more the middle-aged women who like the axe throwing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and you said when you did the math, it was some, something like three X on the, the revenue, just because of the dynamic who pays for what we are we are double the business from 2019. Yeah. That's incredible. Double, double total. Yeah. And now how is your allocation shifted over the years from the bowling to the food and Bev to maybe some of the ancillary stuff, if you have arcade or ax throwing or other things like that, how's your split chain? When we first originally took it over, it was basically just a, a bar with just a couple items on food because it was mm-hmm. so small. It was probably back then probably i would say 80 20 meaning 80 percent bowling okay today food and beverage were probably 75 percent to bowling wow and then what all is included in bowling like what do you put like the axe throwing or some of the other activities or how does that fit in i'm curious because people Um, differently just depends from a bowling standpoint when a family comes in or you're you're charging the family $35 an hour, approximately mm-hmm. number, and that includes the whole family. Mm-hmm. With axe row, and instead of taking up 83 feet of length, but we, it's still the same width, mm-hmm. we're taking up 22 feet of length right. and capture $25 per person for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And so I guess, yeah, that, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that because you can fit how many bays of axe throwing per lane when you're looking at that. You said like four? Eight lanes wide, 
uh-huh. the same eight lanes of axe throwing wide. Okay. And then you, I guess you get the space in front reclaimed for whatever right. else hanging out. Food right. Have. I moved the bar to. Yeah. Okay. And all the games are out in the concourse, went into the old bar to create a game room. Mm-hmm. So you throw all the games out, out in the concourse. And wow. then we threw in social areas, four social areas. Mm-hmm. TVs and sofas and, and then put like Jenga there or connect four. Right, right, right. Okay. Or cornhole. Yeah. So people have a place to go for, to, for a waiting list. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then you're picking up that revenue while they're sitting there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty quickly, it's pretty apparent how you can double revenue in like yep. a couple of years. Yep. Yeah. Things we're going to be doing here pretty soon with the Cubic AMF is we're going to be taken out the front desk. And going with just kiosks. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so that people, is the next one. Yep, that's going to happen sometime later this fall. Oh, really? Yes. Because, yeah, I remember at the show last year, they were just unveiling. Are you one of the first people to get them, or are they actually out in, in operation? No, we're going to be one of the first people to get them. Okay, wow. So, yeah, it takes a little bit to get them I'm out. A, but And a little bit of helping them out as well. Yeah. But yeah, that's all, cool. All-American, we saw all their equipments to, you know, residentials and Right. And do a lot of work for them for modernization. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's something. Sorry. What was that? Some win for both of us. Exactly. And yeah, that's something I was curious too. So you're somewhat of a distributor for AMF or how does that work yeah. between the two? We basically are allowed to sell all brand new equipment for residentials, clubs, apartments, mm-hmm. condos, community centers. Mm-hmm. So we have access to all that, all their equipment. Interesting. Okay. And- if it's a and if it's a commercial center for modernization, you turn it over to the local sales rep, and we get right. the install out of it. Okay, that makes sense. And if it's a new center start, we turn it over to them, yeah. and we get the install because we gave them the lead. That's only fair. It's working good. Yeah, working well. That's awesome. Okay, yep. yeah, that that helps. I didn't quite understand because I did, I figured you weren't producing your own equipment, but the installs no. and the the no. yeah distributor. Yep. I'm curious, what does the residential market look like right now? Or maybe like a bar that wants to put in four lanes or something like that. What's that scene looking like these days? It seems like a good differentiator. COVID was a wonderful thing for residentials. Yeah. <laughs> right. A couple a year to two to three a month. Wow. And that's just like bigger homes or is it more like the like military base? No, bigger, big homes. Okay. People. Like, yes. Yeah. I'm thinking of the, uh, there will be blood. If you ever saw that movie, <laughs> <laughs> he's got it downstairs. That's cool. Okay. And so then the, the only other thing I wanted to return to is, are you calculating like a profit per square foot to figure out some of the, what should go where, or how do you go think through that process when you're making those decisions? We base it off of what the revenue was in that area, mm-hmm. on what eight lanes of bowling will do in a year. Yeah. What we could do by exposing the food and beverage and exposing the axe throwing and, and also the virtual holligate. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then plus we've got the restaurant area now that we didn't have before either. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All that extra space. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's a really good idea. And so then when you say the 75, 25, does it 25 in the bowling include like the axe throwing in the games or is that separate? That's going to be separate. Okay. So then you broke it, broken out into three different. Yeah. But I or... break down on it, but I can tell you that the 
axe throwing will do approximately what 16 lanes of bowling does. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That seems to be the big thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that much. That's cool. Yeah. It's just interesting to see like where the, the profit centers are and you know, how bowling has become one piece of the main thing. Yes. But at the, on the other side of that, it's one of the most accessible. So as far as the number of participants per year, I'm, I'm sure it's the highest participated in sport in the U S anybody can bowl. That's right. And do, do you, I get, I take it 18 plus for the ax throwing or 21 plus or. Actually we changed it because the boy Scots lowered their age group. Hmm. 13. Okay. One of the things we do is we put it, we call an expert there and hmm. He stays with you. So he does an introduction for the first 15 minutes while we do an hour 15, 15 minutes of demonstration on how to hold an ax, how to throw an ax, what the zero tolerance rules are, because we are, it's in the bar area. And if you cross this line while the other two participants are there, you're asked to, to leave. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're really strict about it. Yeah. Same time, the expert can just turn around and guide them, keeps the scores for them socializes with them, interacts with them, and then also change up the games, explain the games, mm -hmm. when switch from regular target to tic-tac-toe, we can do it on a fly because we're doing it with projectors. Different from what we have looked at between a lot of different cities, as far as normally you go there, here's your ax, here's how you throw it, and they just walk away, I'll see you in an hour and your time's up. Right, yeah. So people can look up and see the, the clock countdown it starts with a minute 15. And then when it gets down to zero, then they know their time's up. There's no argument. Okay. Yeah. So there's not as much referee. And, and it's res reservation only. Okay. And you, you book online or how do you handle that? We're going to go live here very shortly with that. Okay. And that's through uh, Conquer or, or what are you going to use? We're going to go through Conquer. Yes. Cool. Yeah. That's probably a nice arrangement. You get all the, the newest stuff through them. Yes. That's yeah, cool. We, yeah. We, yeah, we use it as a show center. Yeah, and it, it, it sounds like a real class spot to, to do that. It's not just out in the middle of nowhere on display. Yep. yep. Cool. The next one I wanted to ask you about is, it seems like everybody's having trouble with the staffing and recruiting, some more than others, but what are you guys doing to you know, attract and maintain a good staff or to recruit people? What, what kind of stuff do you guys do? It's still difficult. What's it's still difficult. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really deal with it all. It's my daughter. Okay. What kind of stuff does she do or, you know, how are you guys getting through and, and, and getting people? I can't answer that, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. I'll have to talk to that, her. I pretty much, or let the, I let her run this, this, my, I let the kids run it. Okay. So I'm kind of like on the outside. Got it. But I'm there for when we sit here and do, you know, monetizations and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So actually that, that brings up a good point that I did want to touch on. And I, I think you'd be a perfect person to talk to about it is that transition for you guys to the fifth generation. A lot of centers opened up in, in the past 30 years or so, and we're seeing a big switch over. How are you approaching that transition of power? What does that look like for you guys? Explain that to me again. So just how are you guys approaching this handoff from you? And you said you're starting to be on the outside, giving control to your, your you said uh, son and daughter. Yeah. Um, What's your thought process through like the best way to transfer this over? You just throw them in or there's like a training or, cause I'm sure there's lots of other people who are on the verge of you know, looking to move their way out. You say to them on how, how to best approach that. Brandon 
Rich and Ashley have been, have been, Rich has been with me 22, 22 years, 23 years. Wow. Ashley's been with me ever since she got out of college. Mm -hmm. Same thing. And Brandon actually worked in the centers as well while we was in high school. So they were familiar with, with being involved in it. Yeah. And then when my wife retired out of All-American, Ashley started doing, now the bowling centers, she doing the accounting, then Ashley was taught how to do that. Okay. And then unfortunately, two years ago when my sister-in-law passed, she was doing All-American. So Ashley's now doing all three books, and but oh, she wow. also sees the center, but she's got good management down there. Yeah, I see. So it's somewhat of a gradual process of handing different responsibilities off. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... Yeah. And then and not run like yesterday. Modernizing. You're saying yep. Yep. Yeah. You just gotta keep changing and move forward. Right. Yeah. Cause I, and I think that's not just something in bowling, but uh, a lot of business where people are ready to move on to their next chapter. And there's definitely a transition period and, and that has to be worked out. And there's not always someone to step up. Yeah. So then the only other thing I wanted to go over with you is actually two different things is what your number one piece of advice would be for someone who's running a center as someone who's done it and been in the industry for a very long time. What would be, you'd say, Hey, this is what's worked really well for me, or this is what I would suggest you do. And as some of the larger centers downsize the center hmm. and put other attractions in there. Yeah. Whether you want to focus on minors or you want to focus on an, an older age, that's what I would suggest. Yeah. Right. So yeah, clear a little space from the lanes. Yes. Yeah, so 40 mm -hmm. lane bone centers are just, we're just not building them anymore. Yeah. Back in the mid nineties, that's I swear that's all we were building was 40 lanes, 40 lanes, 40 mm -hmm. lanes. Today yeah. it's down to 18 lanes, 16 lanes, eight mm -hmm. lanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 lanes with biggest thing is because of the square footage of what, what a lanes take. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We just, uh, I talked to Kevin did the same exact thing yep. from 40 down to 28 and do an event. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's really interesting to see as we make that transition. Is that something you've seen more as of late or something that's been going on, you know, for a long time? It's been going on for a while before COVID. Yeah. Not a whole lot, but more mm -hmm. so from the grounds up. Mm -hmm. Not opening up as traditional centers. I got, yeah. It's been years since we built at a traditional bowling center. Like uh, over a certain number, or you're saying at all? It's probably been probably the last traditional center I built was probably about six years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That definitely. It was a, and it was, 36 lanes in a row. Yeah. And it all was bowling with, with a bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just don't do it as much anymore. No. Okay. So then the last thing I just wanted to ask you and, and pretty much in line with what we we're just talking about is where you see the industry going. It sounds like you're saying it's that diversification and more of the FEC style. Absolutely. Okay. Is there an iteration beyond that? Or like we talked about Kevin's doing the events and stuff like that. Is there something you see beyond that, that people are moving to, or right now it's just all the migration to FEC? I see it going to the FEC. It's just a matter of what age group that you want to attract. Yeah. Or what's around you. I so see. like other bowling centers around us, we have a family bowl away, which is, if you look up there north of us, and mm -hmm. you look at 28, which is 
to the uh, east of us, which mm -hmm. was like a triangle. Yeah. Nice is because we're all three in FEC, but we each have their own little nick to what mm -hmm. we're doing. Right. And the nice part is, is we're not competitors. Right. Yeah, there's plenty of people. Once you diversify out into other markets, there's plenty of yep. people to go around. Yep. Everybody eats and drinks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And then I like what you're saying about pick your target market because I just talked to Sean from York at Laser Alleys yep. and they do a lot of birthday parties and camp events in the summer and youth adult league. So they have that really parent child aspect to it. Whereas you're saying you like the middle age and the people who are going to eat and drink and you're pursuing that market. I like that. Okay. Well, yeah, that's uh, about all I had for today. I do really appreciate you coming on. Um, happy to share this with you at the end, but again, yeah, thanks for coming on. And I look forward to connecting in the future. Are you go into the expo this year? Probably. Okay, great. I, I plan to be there with the Dan. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. No, that'll be a lot of fun. Yep. Cool. cool. All right. Yeah. All thanks right. again, Brian. All right. Thanks for us. All right. All right take Talk care. To you. Bye. All right.